Welcome back to the Heal My Health podcast. My name is Sally. I am a clinical nutritionist and today I am going to be talking about the thyroid gland, which is a super cool little organ that we have sitting around in our neck uh, with a lot of mighty functions. So it was really cool studying this. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it reminded me of how crazy this this organ is um, and everything that it does to our body. So I'm going to get into it today and talk about hypothyroidism and hyperthyroidism. And yeah, it'll be fun. Before I do that, I would just like to say thank you for listening to this podcast. Uh, and if you do get something out of it, please leave me a review at the bottom of Apple Podcasts um, or just chuck me a little five star on uh, Spotify or, you know, four star if you don't think it's that great. But if you get something out of the podcast, leave me a little review and tell me what you think um, because, yeah, it really helps my business and it helps me keep doing what I do. So let's get into it today. Let's talk about thyroid and figure out everything that it does and all the cool stuff that goes on with thyroid hormones. Cool. So the thyroid gland is exactly that. It's a gland. It's an organ. It literally, everyone likes to say it's a butterfly shaped organ, but if you look up the real gland, like if you just look up on Google images, I love doing this. I don't know. It's kind of gross, but I don't know if many other people do, probably if you're in my industry, but I like to look up the real organ or the real you know thing in the human body. So the thyroid gland literally to me in real life, just kind of looks like two small chicken breasts that kind of link together at the bottom, uh, which is kind of gross, but the human body is gross. So good times. But the thyroid gland sits in our neck. It sits below the Adam's apple. So if you were to just kind of touch your neck with your hand, you'd probably be putting your hand over your thyroid gland. And it is, it like wraps around your trachea. It just, that, that uh, windpipe that goes down your neck, it kind of sits like a horse saddle around it, um, as weird as that is. But it is a endocrine organ, which means it is a hormone producing organ. So if we think about it like we would our ovaries or testes or adrenals or these other organs that we know produce hormones like testosterone, estrogen, uh, cortisol, you know, we, we kind of all know that. But for some reason, the thyroid gland is just this unspoken hero. Until someone has an issue with it, no one really thinks about it. We all, you know, think, oh, there's something wrong with our hormones. It's our reproductive hormones, you know. But as we will learn uh, in a second that, yeah, the thyroid gland has a hormonal function. It produces two hormones known as thyroid hormones. These are also known as T3 or T4 or more horribly spoken. It's triodithyronine or thyroxine. I may have butchered that, but it basically T3 means that there's three iodine atoms and T4 means there's four iodine atoms, which is like a mineral that we find in foods and in our body and whatnot. So I want to explain how the thyroid hormones work and it'll kind of help us understand when we have hypo and hyperthyroidism a little bit more. But the way that the body works is it can be like a big corporation. So we can have, you know, the CEO, the brain, and it can send messages down the ranks to make actions happen. So when we think of a business, we think there's a CEO and that CEO will tell, you know, will want something to happen. So it tells the chief operating officer and then that chief, chief operating officer will then go talk to some managers. 
then the managers will go talk to the staff and then the staff either change the way they're working or they start a project or they take action on something. But it has come from this, you know, this big CEO managerial person that wanted to make something happen. So our body does this a lot and there's a kind of cascade of hormones telling other hormones what to do. So in this picture of the thyroid, the CEO is our hypothalamus in our brain. We have this little part in our brain and it starts a process by releasing a hormone called thyrotropin releasing hormone. You don't have to remember names, the names. They're not important. It's not a lecture, but just know that there's a cascade. So it starts in the hypothalamus. There's this thyrotropin releasing hormone. And then that goes to the pituitary gland in our brain, which acts as like the chief operating officer. It then sends, the pituitary then sends another messenger hormone called thyroid stimulating hormone. And then that goes to your thyroid gland. And then from there, you know, it's called thyroid stimulating hormone. So from there, it tells the thyroid and stimulates the thyroid to produce thyroid hormones. Then the thyroid hormones, the T3 and T4, they trickle downstream to have effects on the body. And these hormones literally affect like virtually every organ in the body. These hormones will go in the bloodstream from, they'll get produced in the thyroid, then they'll go into your bloodstream and then they'll make their way to your heart, to your central nervous system, to your bone, to your gastrointestinal tract. Like they just love going around the body and having different effects. So the way that they act on these different organs and I, you know, I just find hormones so interesting because their hormones are quite literally messengers. They go around the body and they just tell someone that they need to do something, whatever that is, they need to, you know, the heart needs to pump faster or that the gastrointestinal tract needs to digest quicker. Like with our estrogen and progesterone, it comes and it tells us to release an egg or to not like to shed our lining. There's all of these different hormones and they're literally just running around our body going to an organ and saying, hey, do this because this is what I want you to do and I'm telling you to do. So you can see why if there's dysregulation of hormones in, you know, in any factor, if you have too much of something, it's just going to be having an overreaction. Or if you have too little of something, you know, an organ might not be told to function the way that it should. It's really intricate and really, really cool in my part anyways, my nerdy little brain. Um, but basically the the thyroid hormones, when they go to these different areas in your heart or your gastrointestinal tract or whatever, they will tell your gastrointestinal tract to increase its uh, digestion rate. You will get stimulated appetite, increased metabolic rate. Um, then when it acts on your kind of respiratory system, you can have an increase in oxygen consumption. You can have an increase in breathing rate. You can have an increase in heart rate um, and your heart will contract like more and contract harder. And there's also like a regulation of temperature with it. So because of all these actions that it's having, your thyroid hormones are increasing the temperature of your body. So we can see that a lot of people have an increase in thyroid hormones during the winter months to heat up the body. So there's so many functions of them. There's so many. And they actually have a, a major role in affecting growth and maturation and kind of like the development of a baby as well, development of a baby's like neural system. So very interesting hormone. Um, and, you know, if anyone is listening to this and you have a hypothyroid or hypothyroid uh, condition, you know, you would understand these um, these symptoms that would, you know, I'll talk about the symptoms in a second, but you would understand, you know, maybe a 
loss of uh, loss of breath or quickness of breath or heart palpitations or these things because you're either overactive or underactive um, and that's basically you're lacking the messenger to tell those organs to to kind of regulate and do what they need to do, whether that's increase or decrease whatever they're doing. So, yeah, I absolutely love the way that hormones work in that way. Um, and there's a thing in biology called a negative feedback loop. So it's basically when a process, like a bodily process, affects itself. And the good analogy for this is a like a thermostat that regulates room temperature. So as the temperature rises, the heater turns down or turns off. Uh, or like the the temperature, the thermostat will turn the heater down or off. And then if the room gets too cold, it turns itself on. So in its way of heating or cooling the room, it will also regulate itself in the sense that if it gets too hot or too cold, it will figure out how to manage that. So the thyroid flow of chemicals, it has this effect. So if we have uh, too many thyroid hormones or when the thyroid hormones are just enough in our blood, our hormones will resend back up to the hypothalamus and the pituitary, back up to the brain, and it'll tell the thyroid and it'll tell the hypothalamus and pituitary to stop producing TSH and TRH. So they're those first two thyrotropin hormone and then the uh, thyroid stimulating hormone. So basically, when it's, yeah, our blood regulation of those hormones will tell our brain to either slow down or increase the production of the hormone. Um, it's a very beautiful way that our body makes a homeostatic kind of process. It's the way that our, our blood sugar regulates. It's all these different things in the body that uh, it will sense if something is going on too much or too little and it will try and revert itself and try and fix itself. So that's how the thyroid gland works and how our hormones work, really. But when we look at the issues that come with the thyroid gland, there's a couple of different, you know, rarer conditions or, you know, not as commonly seen. But I'm literally just going to cover hypothyroidism and hyperthyroidism, which is an underactive thyroid or an overactive thyroid. So the underactive thyroid being hypothyroidism means that you are not producing enough thyroid hormones. And it's either caused by, like mainly caused by two things, which is either an iodine deficiency, which is really interesting because it's actually quite common in Australia. I didn't think it was going to be, but iodine deficiency is quite common. So it's either an iodine deficiency or it is Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which is a autoimmune condition. If you have hypothyroidism from either one of these, there's going to be a fair amount of symptoms showing up. And when you can think about it in the way that it, you know, acts on the hormones, act on your like digestive system and your heart and all that kind of stuff, this is what shows up in the symptoms. So you can get a slower heart rate. You can get constipation because it slows down your digestion. Um, you can get cold intolerance. So remember how I said there's like that heat aspect to it as well. Everything slows down so you can get colder. And you can actually get weight gain as well as a common symptom because you have that slower metabolism, the slower digestion, so that slows down. You can get fatigue because that is 
it's com- um, working on your central nervous system as well. Impaired memory, um, depression as well, being the central nervous system and kind of mood regulation. So there's a not a great list there. It's not a great picture and it doesn't feel good. You know, when you have stuff going on with your breath and with your heart and with your weight and your mood and your digestion, it's there's a, like there's a lot happening. So it is a like definitely a clinical picture. And they test for this on your bloods as well. So if you get your thyroid tested, you'll definitely have TSH tested. That's the first thing that they will test and they'll see if that's high or low. They might test TSH and T4 um, before they go and test T3 to get like a full picture. But basically when the levels of thyroid hormones are low, then the pituitary gland increases its production of that thyroid stimulating hormone, the TSH. So if you do have hypothyroidism, like low thyroid hormones, you'll most often see that you have a high TSH because you've got this overproduction of the stimulating hormone that's saying like, man, produce more hormones. Like, you know, we're we're lacking, Get, get doing your job and produce some hormones. But the thyroid isn't producing the hormones. It's not reacting to that. Um, and something is going on, whether that is due because it can't build thyroid hormones because it's iodine deficiency or whether it's because the thyroid is being attacked by your immune system because you have an autoimmune condition of Hashimoto's, um, which, you know, they're the, they're the two main common reasons. So you'll have your brain telling it, you know, imp- improve on that TSH and keep that up, keep that ramping but you can't actually get the hormones producing out of that. So that's the kind of blood picture that you'll see as well. And, you know, it's quite the opposite, you know, if you just flip it around for hyperthyroidism because hyperthyroidism is you have too much of these. And this can be also caused by an autoimmune condition called Graves' disease. So it is another autoimmune condition um, and your body basically creates these antibodies that tell your thyroid to produce way too many hormones. And it doesn't have a reverse feedback loop. So you don't get that, you know, you don't get that normal function that's telling you to stop producing them or telling you to slow down. So you just have, yeah, an overfunction of the thyroid. And when you have too many of these hormones, you can think the opposite of what we just spoke about. So your metabolism is too active. You can actually have weight loss despite eating, you know, a a good diet and eating a lot of food. So you have weight loss, you can get insomnia, um, heart racing and palpitations, then you get heat intolerance. So rather than, you know, cold intolerance, you have heat intolerance and you just feel warmer all the time because your metabolism is, you know, is burning. You've got that fire burning, Um, you know, instead of constipation, you can get diarrhea. So it is like literally like flip the clinical picture around because you've got an opposite effect. You've got too low and too, too much. So both of them as well, when you're looking at, you know, healing them, they both have different aspects. Now, I'm not going to talk about uh, the thyroid like hormones that they can put you on if you have hypothyroidism, um, you know, all the kind of medical treatment of it. For one, I just didn't go into the research of that and it's not my field anyways. Um, but I do want to just touch on a couple of the nutritional considerations because that is my field and, yeah, I'm happy to, happy to do that. Um, so I'll go from hypothyroidism as well and, and when we're looking at the nutritional considerations, considerations again they they do some of them overlap and you're focusing on increasing the same things but they can also be quite opposite as well so for the hypothyroidism especially if you don't have hashies if there's you know a underactive thyroid and there's not enough hormones but there's no sign of any uh, autoimmune condition or there's no antibodies in your blood then you know 
increase your iodine. Uh, this is really, you know, this is really important um, because as I said, it's quite common in Australia and the deficiency of iodine is quite common and it's pretty easy to increase. So we can use iodized salt. It's literally just, it's in the name, salt with iodine in it. And so you can buy that from your local whatever, um, you know, your local shop. You can buy iodized sea salt if you want and just use that in your food. It doesn't take all that much to get your daily recommended dose of iodine. But there's other foods. You can have some seaweed, like those nori sheets. They have snack nori sheets or like, you know, sushi kind of sushi nori sheets as well. Make some home sushi. Uh, fish and seafood, as always, the oysters show up. Um, oysters are really high in iodine and they're actually a really beautiful picture, you know, obviously for a lot of things because I say it all the time. But for hypothyroidism, hypothyroidism, sorry, they are quite uh, useful because they have, you know, they have iodine, they have zinc, they have iron, they have all of these beautiful things. Um, so I'm just going to list off a couple of nutrients that are important. So the iodine is a good one. Um, zinc is another important nutrient to increase. And tyrosine, which is an amino acid, if honestly you were just eating high quality proteins and you just focused on eating good protein and upkeeping that in your diet, you'd be getting in you know, a good amount of tyrosine. Um, increasing your omega-3s and vitamin D. So even just looking at an anti-inflammatory style picture, any inflammation is going to aggravate the thyroid gland, um, especially if it is Hashimoto's, that's an autoimmune condition. So there's probably going to be inflammation. Um, but vitamin D... For one, it's commonly found that it's um, like deficient in Hashimoto's population. So if it is Hashimoto's, check your vitamin D in your bloods, go to your doctor and just ask them. Um, it's not harmful to supplement with vitamin D. Actually, I recommend supplementing with vitamin D and I recommend supplementing with omega-3s as well. They're just two. I think that, you know, I just think that they're beautiful, beautiful supplements, especially for conditions like this and autoimmune conditions if that's the case. So one of the other things as well, is to reduce goitrogen foods and it is a funny name but if you have goiter it means there's inflammation of the thyroid and when there was a um, physician or some some guy in history at some point in time he noticed the he was the first to kind of record any of this thyroid dysfunctional thyroid disease and he called the thyroid thing goiter and then they found that there was a relationship to these goitrogen foods so they were called goitrogens but it is a chemical in the body that it binds to iodine and it makes iodine unavailable so especially if you've got that iodine deficiency picture you don't want to be eating these goitrogens as much or reducing them as much as possible because then you can make your iodine more like bioavailable. So the goitrogen show up in brassica vegetables. So you're looking at your broccoli, your cauliflower, your bok choy, your Brussels sprouts, all those kind of like hearty green um, looking veg. And you can actually, you can still eat them if you cook them really well. So you can have them in slow cooker stews or like cook them down, steam, uh, boil them really well, whatever it is that you do, just cook them really well. And it actually um, it changes the chemical structure of the goitrogens and it can't function to bind to, iron and, uh, to iodine anymore. So cook your brassicas really well if you are going to eat them. Um, reduce your intakes of peanuts, pine nuts and soy-based foods. They're kind of my biggest like reduction uh, recommendations for the time being, especially if it's a subclinical hypothyroidism um, and you're just trying to get on track with, you know, trying to get your thyroid back and working and functioning, um, it's, a, it's a good option to reduce those foods. The next thing is a supplement, which I actually didn't get to do much research into, but I think 
I will do a podcast on its own because I've done one of on inositol for PCOS and I now have, um, you know, I did a little bit of like overview kind of understanding of inositol in hypothyroidism and I don't have much here, but I'm going to read you out a little segment of a uh, systematic review. So it said, myonositol is essential to produce H2O2 required for the synthesis of thyroid hormones. Consequently, depletion of myonositol or impaired inositol uh, signaling may predispose to the development of some thyroid diseases such as hypothyroidism. Many clinical studies have shown that after treatment with myonositol plus selenium, uh, TSH levels significantly decreased in patients with subclinical hypothyroidism with or without autoimmune thyroiditis. So we want that TSH levels to decrease, right? If they're, if they're overactive or if there's too much, that means that we are not producing enough hormones and our uh, pituitary is working way too hard. So it's very interesting. Um, I would advise you to go and look into that or, you know, I'm going to look into it more myself. So I would probably do a podcast on it on its own. I think inositol is a beautiful supplement. Um, can't do any harm really, to be honest. And yeah, that's a great thing to look at. There's a lady I follow on Instagram actually that does like, she's like the Hashimoto's dietitian or something like that. And she's always, um, she's always praising inositol is what made me kind of look into it a little bit. So just quickly, we'll go through hyperthyroidism as well, just some ideas. One of the you know big things is looking at if you do have the weight loss happening, um, adequate energy intake and adequate protein intake because we're getting that really quick metabolism. We're getting that really quick digestion and we just want to make sure that we're supplying the body with what it needs when it's kind of working so hard. Also avoiding and reducing stimulants. Like I feel like you, you know, if you've got a racing heart and you're fast breathing and you've got everything's kind of on fast forward because your hypo, your thyroid hormones are on fast forward, then, you know, just reduce your stimulants. I'd probably reduce coffee. Um, I'd probably, yeah, reduce anything that's going to be, you know, high in sugars or anything like that that's just going to send you off or any kind of like stimulating uh, herbs or anything like that. Pre-workouts, get rid of them. Just don't take them for the time being. Um, until, you know, ever again, I don't know, whatever it is that's causing your hypothyroidism, if it's chronic, you know, I'd probably just reduce stimulants looking forward. Um, and then avoiding iodine intake. So that's the opposite of hypothyroidism because obviously, as I said before, the iodine, uh, it makes our thyroid hormones. So you don't want to be supporting the production of them. You kind of want to be limiting it as much as possible. Uh, and just a couple of things to increase, which you can supplement if you uh, if you would like. I supplement with them. Uh, is magnesium, omega three, and iron. So these are beautiful nutrients, um, and they're quite depleted in hypothyroidism. So we get a lot of nutrients that we can find that are you know in the like hardcore metabolism that's going on, and in the kind of like hardcoreness. I don't know why it's hardcore, but in the um, overproduction of the body going on in hypothyroidism, we can get a lot of depleted nutrients uh, and magnesium is definitely one of them. And so is zinc. It's like overly excreted in urine in hypothyroidism. So many weird things. I hope it is, this isn't too much, honestly, but um, yeah, if you were to, if you do have these things and these conditions, just grab a little piece of paper and listen to the last like four minutes and just jot these down and you can just look at, you know, can you get yourself a magnesium supplement? 
Can you get yourself an omega-3 supplement or can you eat more fish and seafood and salmon? Therefore, you can get your omega-3s in. Um, You know, it's a beautiful way to do it. I love doing food first. So can you have more salmon show up in your diet or, um, you know, do you like, if you're crazy, do you like sardines or anchovies? They have beautiful amounts of omega-3 in them. Um, And iron, you know, can you eat your beautiful red meats and your dark leafy green vegetables? Uh, so yeah, beautiful ways to help it support your hypothyroidism or support your body during hypothyroidism. Again, if you have Graves' disease uh, or you have Hashimoto's or you have a you know a a clinical hypo or hyperthyroidism, there's going to be medicine, conventional medicine treatment for this. So with the hypothyroidism, they treat you with T3, synthetic T3 and T4 hormones. It's like hormone replacement therapy, I guess. Um, it is. It's it's replacing your, your T3 and T4 hormones that your body's not making. So that is the direction of conventional medicine. Um, and yeah, for hyperthyroidism, they actually can do like a surgery to like remove part of your thyroid um, or there's like a iodine, I don't know, there's a really hectic term for a process that they do um, that can basically just kind of like break down some of the thyroid tissue so it can stop being so overact- overactive. It's pretty hectic, um, but having these conditions is pretty hectic as well. So these are just the aspects with it. I've worked with a couple of clients just to refine their diet um, and you know work with all of these different aspects, what that looks like in their life in terms of hyper or hypothyroidism. So if you do want to chat about anything that you are going through or anything nutritional, then you know feel free to ask me any questions over on my website. Feel free to message me on Instagram. I'm always here for my listeners. I'm always here for people and wanting to do the best I can to bring you know education through it these podcasts or posts or whatever. But I hope that you enjoyed the episode today. Just a quick run through of the thyroid is very, very interesting organ. And if there's any other, you know, crazy organs that you want me to cover, I, you know, got a little bit of a inspo from this episode today. I was like, maybe I can do the adrenals. Maybe I can do, you know, the ovaries. I don't know, whatever, but I can like kind of look into some hormone organs now because I enjoyed this one today. So thank you very much. If you want to have a chat, send me a message on Instagram and I'll talk to you over there.